Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 33 of Be With Me in the Book of 1 Corinthians. Paul is a lawyer and is going to make an argument, a 14-verse argument. I think it's one of his best arguments in Scripture. A 14-verse argument, basically saying, I have rights to a salary. And then in the 15th verse, he's going to say, but I'm not going to exercise that right. And there's a reason for that, and that is in verse 16, that the gospel can go forward uh, even more so. So we're going to walk through the argument first, and then stand in amazement as he throws it away. So this is in all in Act, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read each verse and then just kind of comment on his uh, argument. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? So here he says, I have freedom to do this job or not do this job. I'm an apostle, which is the highest authoritative delineation possible in the Christian church. And uh, basically, I'm a general in the army. I've seen Jesus. My story is very, very unique. And haven't I produced fruit in my job? In, In other words, am I not good at my job? In fact, I'm so good at my job, you actually the Corinthian church, are the workmanship of the the job. You are my work product. Okay, uh, verse 2. If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So you are the evidence of ongoing spiritual work. You're, You're the evidence of the reality of my job and the presence of the Lord. So the fact of the miracle of your belief proves that I'm doing my job. Verse 3. This is my defense to those who would examine me. You guys, the the presence of the church in Corinth, is the defense, is the argument of, I am worth my salary, and why should you be paying me? Because you exist. All right, verse 4. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? So do I, and we, Barnabas, he's including uh, all the apostle guys. Uh, don't we have the right of having our needs met? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes, they do. He's going to continue that here with, with verse 5 and 6. Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife as other apostles and brothers of the Lord and Cephas, Peter? 6. Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no rights to refrain from working for a living? So in other words, uh don't we have the right of a family, of taking a wife, of providing for that family, uh, like Peter, our, our best big example? Or is it just Barnabas and I who have no rights and we're the ones that uh, are, are suffering u- uniquely? Then he's going to use a couple examples in verse 7. For example, soldiers, farmers, and shepherds. Here, here it is. Who serves as a, as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? So he uses the example of soldiers, farmers, and shepherds, and all expect and have the right of and the expectation of money or remuneration or food for their labors. Verse (coughs) 8. Let's go to the Bible. Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? Verse 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it Uh, treads out the grain. Then he asked the rhetorical question, is it for oxen that God is concerned? 
So these great human examples are one thing, uh, farmers and soldiers and shepherds. But what about the divine example? What about biblical approval? So he goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 4, don't muzzle the ox while it is threshing. In other words, you know, you wouldn't take your dog for a big, long hike or work your ox without, without giving him a bowl of water or starving him when he's uh, threshing. And then he asks, are we really talking about oxen here? No, this was written entirely for us. Verse 10, does he not speak entirely for our sake? For it was, it was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher should thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. So in other words, saying this Old Testament saying that deals with oxen is not really about oxen. It's for us. It's for pastors. It's for full-time professional uh, uh, Christian ministers. Verse 11. If we have shown sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things? We sowed spiritual things, and we should expect material things. Verse 12. And then he says, if others share in this rightful claim on you, in other words, if you're paying your local pastor, do we not even more? So who has more of a claim than us? Nobody. We started you guys as a church. All right, verse 13. Do you not know that those who are employed in temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? So he's going back to the Old Testament, and the temple priest of the Old Testament involved in the service, they got to eat a whole lot of meat. Uh, they were the the favored by that meat. They were supplied by that meat. All right, verse 14. In the same way, the Lord commanded those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. So those who proclaim the gospel full-time should get money for their living. Those who proclaim the way, the truth, and the life should get some of that life, should get some of that living. All right, so now he goes to verse 15, and he trashes his whole argument that he just made in those 14 verses. But, there it is, but, I have made no use of these rights. Let me say that again. But I have made no use of these rights that he just established in 14 verses. Nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. So he's saying, but though I have rights, I'm not going to make use of these rights, not in the past and not in the future. I'm not trying to make an argument that you send me a big check. In fact, I found this to be an obstacle, and I'm making a point. I'm making a boast, a feature about this. Why? So that I have this unique platform of preaching the gospel that I might win more. And we'll get to that probably tomorrow. So sometimes we have rights that we don't exercise, and we do it as a way of witnessing. We're featuring our meekness. That's what Paul is doing here. He is owed but he's not exercised, exercising those rights. He is not claiming a privilege for which he is owed so that he gets a witness and an enhancement of his witness. So it's an example of judicious use of, of their rights. We've already talked about married. When you're married, you give away rights and authority. Well, should the person that gets those rights abuse them? No, it's careful use or maybe even sometimes not claiming them. Then he talks about people that eat food that might have been sacrificed to idols. It You sort of have the right to eat food that's sacrificed to idols, but you would want to be careful of that. You have to think about others before you do that. So it's the attention to others. It's the priority of others, and it's the winning people to Christ that is Paul's priority. Thanks for listening.